parts of our lives inside Either we're in traffic at work or close eyes How about we all agree that it's way overdue to take back our lives What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Work Wherever podcast. I'm your host, Roy Edwards. This is the podcast where we talk about automation, AI, the ability to work wherever so you can live every day like it is Saturday. If this is your first time, we got a couple different flavors of the show. We have the Roy's Rants, which I guess this is a Roy's Rant. I'm by myself. We have the Internet Hotspot. That's me and Sydney breaking down news and trending articles. We have Homegrown with Haley. Haley's my wife. We talk about the ability to homeschool. And it's more of a, a trending life podcast, some of the things that we're able to accomplish because we work wherever. And then we have uh, interviews where we have guests come on, share their stories and expertise. And we got some really good ones coming up as we were just at the Shift Happens conference presented by Avpoint. Microsoft was there. A lot of good uh, a lot of good speakers, a lot of good information that came out of that conference, and we have a couple people from that conference who will be coming on uh, that uh, you guys should be on the lookout for. One of the topics of the conference was OpenAI and Copilot and how, how you can utilize Copilot OpenAI to build chatbots and artificial intelligence that supports your business, whether that is through external communication or internal reference points. Artificial intelligence is here. It's coming and you can train it to, well, I shouldn't say it's coming because it's it's not coming. It's here. Maybe it's coming to your business um, or your industry, but it's here. It's The technology is here. It exists. So it's time to either implement it or not. And if you don't, I don't think that's a very wise decision. So what I've been doing recently since I left the – I mean recently as in like the last 48 hours. Since I left the conference, I've been spinning up Azure instances within OpenAI um, to create a Azure OpenAI uh, environment and tool for our organization. So I've just been kind of playing around with it right now, but we are – we do have a chatbot internally that helps – the onboarding process so people can get onboarding information. They can ask about our 401k. They can ask about ADP. They can, which is our payroll. Um, they can ask all kinds of questions. How many, how many holidays do we have? What, um, what's their leave balance? That sort of a thing, right? So in using uh, OpenAI, which I am using when you, when you build an OpenAI, in Microsoft Azure. So you spun up on I, what I did was I went into Azure. I went into the search bar, searched for OpenAI, Azure OpenAI. The little OpenAI tool comes up. I clicked on it. You do have to request it. 
So I had to go through the quest process, had to fill out a form with Microsoft in order to get it spun up within our environment, went through all of that, got the request. It asks uh, for your service ID number and how many um, environments you want to roll it out in, whereas you can request up to three. I wanted to request three, but I didn't have my customer um, support information and their, or their service information. So I just used ours. So I just got one. It worked. It does ask why you're going to do it. What are you using it for kind of a thing. So filled out all that information, got it spun up, and started playing with it. So I'm using ChatGP3 Turbo, I think is what I'm using, 3.5 Turbo. And uh, it's... It's pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty, It's more than pretty cool. You can train it so there are a system message. And so the system message is essentially what, how the chatbot is to interact and what the key objective of the system itself, the computer, how it is supposed to respond. So you can say you are a, you work for a technology company who focus on artificial intelligence and automation and you can respond uh, funny and sarcastic, but make sure that your emphasis is on uh, security in mind, right? Zero trust. So that that's actually exactly what I said. A little bit more than that, a little bit more uh, well-articulated, I, I would say. <laughs> it's definitely um, – a little better written out, but but that's what I told it. And then you have example messages that you can provide. So obviously, if you type it into the chatbot right off right away, it's gonna you're gonna say, "Who's Roy Edwards?" And the bot's gonna say, "I have no idea who you're talking about. I don't have access to wide amounts of data like that to the internet. So you're just gonna have to like bear with me, right?" So in that message, for the user, it has a user and a message response. The user. You put in what the user is querying. For the response or the message, you would say how you would like your bot to respond. So I put who is Roy Edwards. Actually, I didn't even have to put in who is Roy Edwards, but I did put in who is Haley Edwards and said, Haley Edwards is the CEO. This is who where this is her background. This is what she likes. This is um who who she is as a person. And then I said, Do you guys have a podcast? Yes, we have a podcast. Roy Edwards and Sydney Rosala are the co-hosts, and Roy's the more technical one. Sydney is the more fun one, and uh, they they talk about AI automation, the ability to work wherever, so you can live every day like it's Saturday. And then from that, it knows now three people. Because so then I was able to say who's Roy Edwards, and I said, well, Roy Edwards is the. It did get my title wrong. It was very interesting that it pulled that I was the CTO because I'm not. But I guess because of the response that I gave it in the podcast definition that it assumed that I was the CTO. But it said, Roy is the CTO of Capital. He's the co-host of the Work Forever podcast. Blah, 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 blah. Knows who I am. And then I said, who is Sydney Rosala? Sydney Rosala is the marketing manager, which I never said that she was the marketing manager, but Interesting to note. She's also the co-host of the Work River podcast, yada, yada, yada. So that was all uh, pretty interesting. It, it then learned who three different people were and how to respond. I did put in some of the system messages, and I did give it up. I gave it our core values. I gave it um, 
that we don't outsource, that we're an American first company. I gave it when you when somebody asks you to tell a joke, tell jokes that have to do with technology or working wherever or working from a beach uh, or automate or automation, you know, because otherwise, if you just say tell a joke, it, it was telling jokes about like uh, tomatoes and fruit and stuff, which were funny uh, I or as funny as a, a dad or AI type joke could be. But, you know, I wanted them to focus on the, our customer base. So, so far, it's been really cool. Now, there are a few features that I tried and then deleted. So I tried to add our own data. So those are all of the message response, the systems response. So you have system message, user response examples. You use the chat functionality to try it out. The, the system learns from your responses and how to respond, and then essentially uses the ChatGPT 3.5 Turbo to, to respond. I only had three choices for the type of bots that I could utilize. It was like 3.5 Turbo, uh, and then two other ones were essentially, they were all ChatGPT, essentially, was the only ones that I was able to use. And I chose 3.5 Turbo. The other areas that I played around with was around using your own data. Bring your own data is what is what they they call it, right? So connect your own data source, which I did. And you can only connect to two different locations. At least I was only able to connect to two different locations. One was Azure Blob Storage, which is cloud storage. Or the other would be upload a file. So if I uploaded a file of my choice into essentially a blob storage, then I could utilize that data and information to have my system respond. So I could upload a, a Word document that has all of that information of what I gave it for user prompts and messaging, except now it would be in a Word document. So some of the things that I could have uploaded, and I did upload into a blob storage, were like our systems and processes, an SOP on how to write an SOP, a Rossi diagram, you know, some of our core functionality and some of the things that we do at, as a business so that the prompt had information on how to respond. Now, what I didn't realize, and I deleted it, but I connected to the blob storage and then I had to connect it to a, uh, what was it, a, co a cognitive system within Azure. And so I spun that up, which costs $250 a month was the estimated cost, plus the about $200 of OpenAI. So it would have cost us about $450 to, to pull that system of bringing your own data. Notice that data is not even database. So I couldn't even use a SQL database, which I did speak with Microsoft at the conference of Shift Happens, and they said that SQL will be coming, but just not right now. So right now you really only have blob and, or upload your own data. The data that I provided it through the cognitive search or system was PDFs, Excel sheets, Visio diagrams, videos, that sort of thing. It was not able to read that because the system only reads text. So I would have had to have uploaded Word documents and a lot of Word documents or some other text-based documents so that the system could then read the text prompts and know how to respond. 
So I, I, when I connected it to my blob storage and I put it all together and started asking it questions, I was getting errors. And I was like, well, that's a $250 a month error that I don't really care to work around right now. I'll just utilize the GPT Turbo, use the user and message response, and go go about it that way. I, I also, what also I didn't like is, that's the first thing I didn't like. The second thing I didn't like was the message and response once I connected it to the data and then broke the connection of the data when I went back to user messaging, it was all deleted. So I haven't left the screen yet. It's still open as a as a window. But there's I didn't see a way where I could save my user messages as a template. So I assume and I'll have to try this out, but I assume that once I change templates, because there are system templates you can use, like marketing manager was on there, uh, law firm was on there, um, technical professional or something was, was on there. Like there's like pre-written templates of the system that you can use that basically like changes the personality, and I'll say that in quotation marks, of the bot. I haven't used that. I used the empty default and wrote my own messages, user uh, prompts and messages. I assume that if I were to change the template and then try to go back to the user default, that all of my message and prompts would be gone because that's what happened when I changed the data source. So I don't like that I can't really create a template right now. I would love if I could just create my own default and then save it as a template. And maybe that's possible. I just haven't really found the way to do that. And if that is possible, then I'm just, you know, it wasn't user intuitive enough for me to understand. So maybe I'll have to do an updated podcast maybe about how actually it is possible. And I just um, was blind to the fact or or couldn't figure it out right away. But those were kind of sort of the things that I didn't really like off the bat was that when I tried to sync my own data, it's only blob storage, it's only text, so it has to be Word documents. Some of the other documents that we already have created, I couldn't utilize. So that was a bummer. Then when I went back, my user messages and responses, I couldn't save as a template, so they were all gone and deleted. So if I had actually spent, I mean, I spent 45 minutes, maybe an hour, writing out user prompts and messages to try to fine-tune the bot. And when I went back, they were all gone. Now I wrote them again, and now this time I already kind of got the feel, feel for the bot and how it interacts and how it how it was using the user messaging and responses. So I was a little bit quicker to create, and so I created very similar ones to what I did before. Uh, I still have to recreate, and it took me maybe 10, 15 minutes to recreate what I had done in an hour previously. So, um, you know, not not as big of a deal, but if I had you know, wrote a whole lot of them. It would have been a huge deal. So don't make that mistake, everybody. That's a, a that would have been a pretty big mistake. Now, next thing that I don't necessarily like here is that it's kind of well, it's not kind of the only way that you really use the bot right now is in the studio. So you can deploy it to a web service like a uh, an Azure VM or or something along those lines, or you connect it through Power Automate. And when you connect it through Power Automate, the Power Automate is either connected to through a Power App 
or a Power Virtual Agent or Teams or something like that, which is really cool. But when you send the prompts to the open AI, it creates a new session every time. And artificial intelligence is actually not save the session data, I learned, so that every new prompt is a new piece of information. So if I were to say, tell me a joke through Power Virtual Agents or through Power Apps, and then that Power Automate workflow, if you're following me, that Power, work, Power Automate workflow connects to this open AI bot that we just built and it and then asks for the joke the bot then sends the joke back through power automate tells the user the joke and let's say the joke doesn't land and the person's like well explain that joke i don't get it then it would say explain the joke i don't get it sends the message through power automate triggers the open ai to say tell, explain the joke i don't get it okay well the previous user data wasn't captured so it doesn't know what you're talking about it's a new session and so you have to build a workaround and the workaround in the session they built was a sharepoint list of user prompts now a sharepoint list of user prompts of all user prompt history and data i suppose could be good for certain reasons i guess it could be good to see how your employees are using the bot to see, to audit, you know, how are we, how is this bot being utilized? Are we using it for any like, uh, you know, bad, are we like asking how to do bad things or, you know, I guess it could, that could be good and beneficial for that reasoning. But SharePoint storage isn't cheap. And to put all of this information to a SharePoint list, or anywhere really to put in a SQL database, that's not cheap either. So we're talking about added cost for something that the OpenAI tool already does. So if I were to just use the OpenAI tool as a chat functionality, it does know what I'm talking about. It is not creating a new session every time. But since we're using it through Power Apps and Power Automate and Power Virtual Agent, it does create a new session every time, which was super annoying. So I do think that there's a good bit to go here. It's not a foolproof solution. I That's why you have to fill out the form to get access to it because it's very much still in beta. So everything that we've talked about on this show where we're like, you need to use your own data. You need to build these bots around the systems and processes that you've already created. You need to make sure that it's accessible throughout your environment. Okay, well, all of those three things were not easily achieved within Azure OpenAI. There are ways to achieve it. It's going to cost money and storage. And you're going to need a developer to set it up, which that's what we're here for if you really want to do that. But it's not, it's not as magic bullet as some of the industry is leading you to believe. Now, is it better than ChatGPT 4 or whatever it is that you're using online, 100%. Because we've been able to use those users and messages, right? The user prompts and messages. I've been able to tailor information. I can connect it to web addresses and I can do things with it to say, this is how I want you to respond, Mr. Bot. 
in our with our company information and our company data and don't just make something up or pull something off of the internet. So it's already better than web browser Bing chat or chat GPT. It's already better. But how to have your customers, clients, users, employees use it in a way that doesn't kill your storage and doesn't kill your wallets is going to be a little difficult to start. You're definitely going to have to pay a premium. It is going to be about $200 a month for your organization to use it as opposed to the ChatGPT uh, Pro, which I think is like, what is it, like 30 bucks, 40 bucks? I don't really know what it is. Much cheaper than 200 But your entire organization can use it. You can audit what they're asking. So is it worth paying $200 for all your employees to use it and you know the responses that they're getting? Or are you going to let them use a free version on the web and who knows what they're getting? I would lean towards the $200, but you got to figure that one out for your own organization. So those are my lessons learned early on this. Uh, like I said, uh, this was one of the sessions that I went to at the Shift Happens conference. It was a it was a great session. It was um, it, it was a lot of fun, and at least for me, Sydney was sitting there with me, and she was like, "Bro, this is some nerdy stuff." And I'm like, "I know, isn't it great?" <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it it is definitely um, still to be seen as to how this technology evolves through time and how organizations are able to innovate with it. Like I said, I ended up deleting uh, a lot of it. And just going back down to the to the basics. So I, I I don't think that adding your own data is at least for me, I didn't see I didn't see the value because it kind of made the bot a little dumber. I could have just used user prompt and messaging to overcome some of the additional costs or uh, restrictions, governance around the responses. But I'm going to continue to play with it and I'll continue to update you guys. So hopefully you guys got a lot out of this. I know this was more technical. This was definitely a little bit more nerdy. Sydney's not here, so that automatically makes it a little bit less fun. But thanks for hanging out with me. I'm going to continue to update with you guys on the open AI stuff, on the technology. I got some great guests from Shift Happens who are going to be on the podcast to talk more about what we learned, the future of generative AI, how you guys can utilize it within your business and, and start to implement this stuff responsibly and make sure that you're controlling the responses that this bot has on your organization. So thanks for hanging out guys. And until next time, see you. Well guys, thanks so much for watching and or listening. We have had a great time. Hope you did too. You can find all of the work wherever podcast episodes here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or all of your major streaming platforms with new episodes dropping every Monday. Make sure to follow us at Capital Presence on all social platforms to stay up to date with the things all work wherever related. See you next week.